Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Brace yourselves for a noble horror, because the call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned. Yes. Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. All Nerdy Show podcasts are made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Discover the many ways you can join in at nerdyshow.com. Welcome to RPG from Scratch. I am Josh, your host, and with me today I've got Liam. Yo! And we are going to be talking about a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of little, small, loose ends to tie up, um, kind of trying to pave the way to step six still. Um, I am looking forward to step six. I am too. I understand that you had a topic, Liam. Yes, I do. I have a conversation to bring up. Uh, So I have a friend of mine who doesn't really listen to the podcast, and then he started listening to a handful of design episodes, and his big complaint is that we spend too much time fretting over the naming of abilities, rituals, items, and even uh, concepts, and that he thinks it's wasted effort, and that what we should really be going for is is straight mechanics, and I, I, I feel the need to defend the position that we have of taking 10 minutes to name something correctly. You know, I, I agree with you, and I agree with him, but for a different reason. I think that what he probably doesn't know is how much of that conversation is cut out of Oh, this. yes. <laughs> and this is probably not exactly what he meant, but that is a good – even one person being like, I think you spend too much time on this and it sounds like you're wasting effort is probably a, a sign that the cuts need to be a little more aggressive around that. Oh, no. That was – that's not the, the point. His point was like, I don't need a game to tell me it's materia. It could just be called thing one. He has no – gives no value to that concept. I will kind of strongly disagree. I also I disagreed, and uh, I, I just did, did really want to to bring up the concept of or the the opinion that even if mechanically the momentum system worked exactly as it was, and it was named something other than momentum, if it was called Blork, it wouldn't be the same. It there needs to be some kind of connotation, some some sort of cue, because yeah. it just helps you get into it. It helps you if the name for something is descriptive enough to help you visualize how it should work and how it should work matches that expectation, that's that's a design win. Yeah. It it is a, it is a functional thing to worry about. There, there's I think it cuts down on tutorial time. Yep. It becomes easier to internalize. It allows you to stop thinking of it as just a mechanic and more as this is the way the universe works. This is the I you, it it allows you to buy in. Mm-hmm. Well, and and think about it this way: we do use 
shorthand in RPG terminology. Yes, we do. Like an, an enormous amount of shorthand that is descriptive. So we say opportunity attacks. Other people say attacks of opportunity. We could name those. There, there could be a hundred different ways to pick descriptive terms that have the same function. We could call it a B attack. Like you have an A attack, you got a B attack. Yeah. And that's fine. But the fact that when you're trying to explain what your character's doing, it doesn't feel like an actual sentence. An opportunity attack is great because it tells you, not specifically, but in very general terms, what triggers it. Yeah. And, and also, it creates a narrative from the words that are the mechanics without it just being lingo. Yeah. Without it just feeling like you're exchanging code. Without saying attack B and then needing a paragraph and a half descriptor. We just be like opportunity attack. Here's when they trigger. Here's what they are. Like that will Go. provoke an opportunity yes. attack. If I talk to somebody who's never played an RPG, but they have, let's say they've done fencing, epee, something. Mm-hmm. You're engaged in melee combat. Somebody tries to leave your space. That provokes from you an opportunity attack. I feel like they have no problem visualizing what that means. No. So it is important that we nail this. However, are there times when we unreasonably worry about the name of a thing or getting the precise name of a thing when the first thing we came up with was good enough? Yeah. Eh. I would say we probably worry about it more than most designers when we're the people also creating the mechanics at the same time. I think that's true, but I, I don't think there's a too much of an act- actionable lesson because when we do get it perfectly correct, the level of satisfaction I get is... Very high. Yeah. The idea, just saying I'm spending some of my momentum. Feels good. But it also makes functional sense in what that word means in both contexts. But even even in the naming of attacks, the naming of specific rituals, even just the, the flavor of sometimes making them silly or attaching them to other things, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that part of game design. It makes it feel cohesive. It makes it. Fe- it doesn't make me feel like like we're playing with mathematical Legos, no. building just a system. It makes it feel like we're developing a campaign setting, a world, a universe, something a little more concrete, a little more visually and intellectually stimulating than just numbers. And the problem is, we're not talking about a complete system here. So, for instance, I'll bring up an ability whose name I will later advocate changing. Okay. Dazzling Ray. Yes. Now, Dazzling Ray functionally is fine right now because we don't have a mechanic that actually dazzles an opponent. And what Dazzling Ray does doesn't dazzle people. No. It, they're, they're, it, doesn't, it doesn't give them the old razzle-dazzle. It does radiation, damage, and healing in a line. And right now it's functional. It needs to be better for other mechanics that really have to deal with later yes. on. So names are very important. Well, and also trying to roll back things is harder than you think it is. Yeah. There is there is a point where you've named something and you've had it that name for a year. Even if you know it's stupid and you need to change it, for for a while you're going to revert to that name without thinking. Sure. For a bit. And that can that can lead to its own set of complications. But you know what? The game's not complete. Nope. It's fine if we mess it up as long as we get the correct outcome. But, however, from a standpoint of having to listen to it and it being a podcast that is meant to also be entertaining. Mm-hmm. I understand why somebody would feel that way. Like that was, but I'm like, maybe that's true. But that wasn't even his supposition. His supposition sure. was just, just say anything. It doesn't like you're making it up. You can do anything. And I'm like, but a choice is a choice. It it also matters for us. It matters for us because for us to have a dialogue about the mechanic that we changed, 
it having a name that calls back to the what the mechanic does helps us talk about it and and remember it in the context of what we're trying to change and build. Yeah. I think there's a lot of credibility for form, function, and designation being cohesive. Yeah, I feel like that's, you know, so that we don't belabor that point the way we do names. I feel like it's easy to defend. But I do understand why you would get bored of like, move on to the next topic. You've already named the mechanic. You've made the change. The listener's listening to it, and they're like, how are they going to solve this problem? And then we've solved it. And the next 10 minutes is us talking about what it should be called. No, it should be called Pocket Sand, Doug. I know. We don't care, <laughs> we don't care that you hate it. It's called Pocket Sand. It makes us giggle. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I, I am sympathetic to that complaint. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, that's my favorite shit, <laughs> is the nitty-gritty, not important stuff in a lot of podcasts. Liam, you and I, in person, off mic, talked about this before, but I was thinking about, like, what is an optimized... Going to Vegas? Yeah. (laughs) What is an optimized party for each party size? And what brought this up is I'm I'm playing through Pathfinder Kingmaker, and Mm -hmm. there's there's an expansion. And if you're not familiar, Pathfinder Kingmaker is an isometric, which is like three-quarters view, top-down, RPG dungeon crawl. Especially this expansion that I'm playing through is literally just a dungeon that you just go deeper and deeper down. And it has a party size of six. And it uses a very slightly modified version of Pathfinder's rules. Pathfinder being a a D20 Mm -hmm. style, Dungeons and Dragons style RPG. For clearing a dungeon, everybody knows that there is some kind of ideal party based on the size of your group. And what I found that it is in Kingmaker is some melee fighter that can be a tank that's tough enough to get in there but do real damage and kind of change the position of the monsters you're about to fight. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a, a invulnerable rager barbarian or a tower shield fighter or a scaled fist monk with two levels of paladin. The role is what matters there. Then you need a wizard to handle all your arcane spells and all the specific problems you're going to run into that need an arcane solution. Magical bookkeeping. Exactly. Then you need a bard to handle all of the unlocking uh, problems as well as generalized group buffs. And that's three. And then the remaining three are three clerics with animal companions. And every character but the melee fighter is an archer. There are three animal companions. Each one is a leopard. It gets three attacks, and, and the attacks have a chance to trip the enemy. So it's just crowd control. It's all of that. Now, I understand that listening to that might be like hearing me tell you about my Pokemon team. Uh-huh. The reason I bring it up... It is, it is less like your Pokemon team than you think, though. Okay. Because of the vast rock, paper, scissors, fairy notion of it. <laughs> right. But the, um, the reason why I bring up optimized party and party balance is because I think our game might have a similar issue, whereas if you increase the party to 7, to 8, to 12 in Kingmaker, the only thing I would change about the party is I would just add more clerics with animal companions that are archers. Mm-hmm. You can just add add that as many times as you want, and that is the most ideal thing you could add to that situation. You just keep tacking on them. Uh, I think our game has a similar issue, that once the party gets to a certain size, let's say let's say 5, Mm-hmm. I think it is always best to add somebody with command. Well, don't we have it where you can only be granted one attack? Nope. I thought that was something we already discussed. No, because because it would be reasonably unfair to say, well, I want to play command, and I'm spending my attack as command to do this, and then they're going to do it. But is it, is it a balance? I don't think it... Okay, let me put this around. I don't think the fact that that's true means that our game is unbalanced. No. Because you could add four more champions you know as as you keep adding 
characters and get the same result, potentially, as adding four more people with command. But adding command will always be the most efficient choice. Or taking a step in command, which is, I think, yes. the thing that's going to happen more. Sure. But everybody being core through full command that you're adding. So once you get to five, and now you're six player, now you have two full core command. And you're like, well, how about we go for a third command when we, when we go up to seven players? It's never the wrong choice. Like, it's always going to pay dividends. I think there are tons of cases where you could say, well, it's never going to hurt to have one more of anyone. You know, it's really not yeah. going to cause a problem. But what's the most efficient choice? And I think, I think that once the party is at five and you have one person with command, that's always the, the most efficient. I will say even at five, if you have, if you have four, a good tank... Mm-hmm. A good damage dealer, a good up close damage dealer, especially a good range damage dealer, and and someone who can heal and do other things. If someone asks me, uh, what well, you know, we ha- we have these four. What what should be the fifth command? Is always going to be what always. I'm going to say. Well, it's interesting because I feel like that's true. So the idea of the cleric with the animal companion, because because if you haven't played Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons, cleric might be the most powerful class. Period. It and and what they bring to the group is great damage. Great healing, secondary tanking abilities. And a pretty good amount of utility. <laughs> a, a pretty good, enormous amount of utility. They're as powerful... Depend, depending on what your your yeah. domain is. Exactly. They're, well, consider the fact that I'm saying this is animal domain. You get yeah. an animal companion, which is incredibly powerful, adding an extra body to the mix. Uh, especially one that trips people and does crowd control and all that. While you're also playing your character, I feel like the truth of the matter is, if you could only play with two characters, that one's still not a bad choice for one of the two. And the same is true of command. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, in three, I will definitely agree with you. The third, if you if you have a three party, mm-hmm. I think in a two party, two party might even be the situation where you want to go with two pretty even hybrids of zealotry, radiance, champion, citadel. That's not bad. Yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of interplay, and if you go uh, zealotry, radiance in the right amount, what you have is a halfway decent melee fighter with a lot of healing and secondary abilities and a pretty good damage dealer mm-hmm. who's very difficult to get close to and take down 100 percent. so the reason i bring up this topic and i and i kind of subjected everybody to this is one of the things that will homogenize a game or just stifle creativity is the preponderance of cookie cutter optimized builds archetypes yeah yeah that, that people just if you didn't go to this one you're you're kind of nerfing your character at everyone else's expense mm-hmm. is sometimes how it's seen if you go to uh, events where you're playing with people you don't know which i, I would like to avoid I, I think it's perfectly fine if people want to play those those oddball characters but i think the fact that they're not supported by the system that they're playing in is the system's fault it's not the fault of the person who mm-hmm. wants to play them but if we're thinking of what is an optimized party, mm-hmm. let, let's, let's go over what we think is an optimized party at a couple different party sizes. And we'll see if we fall into archetypes that are somebody will feel like they have to be shoehorned into. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, we don't have a healer, so you're going to play the healer. You know, you'll play the cleric, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with a two-person party. Just All right. Two-person campaign. What, what do you think, Liam? Uh, yeah, my, my pick would be Radiant Zealotry. Mm-hmm. Champion Citadel, but back to your point, you could replace that champion with command, and that two party will still work real good. Yeah. I, so if I was to think like what what party would work best with two people and play off each other really well, I'm thinking Core Ice is a tank. 
and you put on a shield and only subtract two from your spell damage, but you could not equip your shield when it when mm-hmm. it was. And um, step one, zealotry. You have a you have a spear and a shield. And you can keep people at bay, and you can cast through your spear. Mm-hmm. That's a tough character. That's a high endurance, yes. high armor character because you're going to have a lot of endurance. I'd probably have somebody who was core radiance for the shield. The additional shield that you can put and on the other. group heal, and that that's good enough to cover you. Yeah, the group heal, and then because uh, you're play, you're probably playing pretty tight mm-hmm. in this two part. Oh yeah, and then step one, anything. I really don't. I think that step one after that is just the extra stank you want to put on that party. I think that party works really well. Yeah, because it could be champion. You you know what, whatever kind of weapon you want to use. I think two reach weapons in a two person party is probably pretty solid. Yeah, or you know what, step one marksman still good. Get it range. You don't really need the. The benefit of command is good. Two, two-handed champion, though, is the pick. It's good. It has the most single-target, single-attack damage. Sure. But if you're, in the game. <laughs> well, sure, but, but now it's what are you going for, right? Because like, if you do range, you're like, well, the benefit is I'm never getting hit, so I can be safe. But you have to be close to your tank. How close? You have to be at least within the burst. You can't be out of that. You're going to have to heal both of you every time. The burst, party. the burst starts at range. Yeah, but you're going to want to be able to hit you and your other party member. Yeah, every I, time. Oh, for sure. The amount of risk for being ten spaces away versus adjacent is proportional. You have a lot more options for movement. Well, I mean, I I, 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 I don't think you actually do. Oh, um, I, 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 I'm not trying to argue the merit of yeah. of this choice. I'm saying that there's no, oh, it's solid. I'm saying there's no wrong choice. Like anything you do on step one after that is just the flavor of how you how you two want to play together. Yeah. Um, I, I think at, at that point, I think the stats that you need to make the Radiance bit work yeah. is going to determine what you do. So that's a two-person party. Both of the ones that we brought up, fundamentally different in terms of what paths they're going down and probably even what races you're picking. We're going to pick very different races. Because I would have gone Core Zealotry, Step 1 Radiance. Right. Two. Yeah. However, the, the roles are almost identical. And the function. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I mean by, sorry, that's what I mean by roles is the, is their actual job combat by combat are fundamentally identical. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that that I, that I hadn't really considered is that your skills are completely separate from what path you've gone down. Yes. Whereas, like, if you need a skill monkey in another one, you have to pick a class that can do that well. Mm-hmm. Where your tank mage can be the skill monkey in, yeah. in ours. It doesn't It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll have, nobody's a skill monkey because nobody gets more skills than anyone else. You just have a different set. Or, or, or you can even start picking bonuses to your skills or... Gaining extra skills. Exactly. You have to expend the same amount of effort as anyone else would. So I want to move up just one more level of complexity because I think four, once you get to four, you're reasonably able to fill in two characters that have to do something well can fully take over a role together. When you hit four party members, as long as you have a, a solid tank, a solid healer, and the other two deal functional damage, mm-hmm. even if they're weird, you can do stuff. Well, I think you don't even, at, at, four, at four party members, if you have three champions and one healer, that's still going to do... Yeah, well, champions are yeah. champions can wear a decent amount of armor mm. and still do damage. Sure. I mean, so can. Our marksman has no armor penalty. Nope. You could have three skirmisher marksmen. That, that would be a wild game. <laughs> yeah. So, so once you get to four, the holes are a lot... Like, one, one healer does so much work for everyone that... Um, and also, anybody can be a healer. Like, yeah. you know, each one of those marksmen could have could step one radiance. On. Yeah. But where the economy of characters is still kind of tight and the roles need representatives that are probably mm-hmm. individuals rather than a group effort, I would say is still the three-person party. Yes. 
So what would you think if you were going to build a three-person party to just get at it? Corsetto. Let's name them by role. So like your yeah. tank. Tank, Corsetto, Command. That's a good pick. You do a lot of stuff from the front lines at that point. Oh, yeah. It's very nice. Now I'm going Core Radiance because that burst heal is now going to have better economy mm. than, than Ray. Two people, Ray mm. works. Let's not discount that shield. That shield is super good. Yeah. <laughs> that shield was a fucking headache for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think, honestly, the shield is better than the heal. The heal is a stopgap for the shield. I think, well, even, yeah, because you can throw it on the person with the least amount of armor, mm-hmm. and you don't kind of have to worry about yourself in a lot of ways. If you plan it right, and you're always in your own heal space. Um, and you will be the target. If if you're the healer, you will be the target who eventually ends up with a shield just because you haven't done one this turn because yeah. nobody got hit. And then I might go Scoundrel Champion. Mm. As a, as just a, your raw damage dealer? Yeah. Well, did you pick a... You picked... You said Core Radiance. Core Radiance. And then uh, the on healer. top of that, probably Ice. Radiance Ice is a... That's a fun combo. Uh, control and good heal. Shield. Yeah. Pure raw utility. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And okay. So mine, I'm thinking for a tank, I would pick Core Citadel Step 1 Scoundrel. Because what I would probably want the most is... Unlimited opportunity attacks. And movement control. Yeah. Which, which both of those things are the same thing. So you could start every fight with your weapon envenomed and you could be tripping people mm-hmm. with uh, with your scoundrel abilities. And you would be threatening them with your unlimited opportunity attacks. Yes. And ha- high armor. Which, solid pick. And then I would go for your he- healer. I would go core zealotry for the heal over time and step one radiance. Probably with a, um, probably with a reach weapon. And then last spot to fill, I think, is your—I was treating it as a utility-slash-damage dealer. And I was thinking core marksman step one command. Great. But I think now that the fact that we came up with two kind of wildly different picks for optimized two-person and three-person parties, I'm feeling very relieved that we didn't come to the same conclusion. Now, for the three-person party, we did both pick Citadel core for our tank— yeah, but there's, I don't know what else you, like, that's, I think, the co- most cookie-cutter thing is somebody who has some kind of Citadel. I mean, and the amount that can really be frontline in their core, and the core is, mm-hmm. allows them to be frontline, or pushes them forward, is what, three? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, everybody can wear armor. Yeah. You could easily make a champion, like, just core champion tank Ooh. who's just sword and board, you know? Yeah. And that would be fine, it would work, yeah. you know? And you could still do... You could crack some heads. Oh no, you would do obscene damage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with challenge and and uh, and you have a, a spinning AOE attack. Yeah. It would be enormous damage and durable as hell still. Yeah, and and then at that point, your your ability to do damage, your ability to threaten enemies, becomes a method of control. Becomes a method of control. Yeah, and 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 I like the fact that we mechanically put it in Citadel, but going to be honest, Citadel does it. I don't think head and shoulders better than the rest, but a brow above. I hope so. Because uh, if, if it doesn't have that, then why would you ever play them? Right. Well, just in the way that Radiance heals better than Ice does. Yeah. I think this is also going to change, I think, when we add different paths, when we explore different mechanical avenues that, that are not being explored, if we do sidesteps, if we change the way uh, that momentum is used to increase skills or attributes, things are going to be able to shift pretty steadily but i feel very confident in the the 10 paths that we have that they feel different enough from each other and when you start playing legos with them you can go real weird real quick and some of the stuff that has been brought to the table that on paper didn't make a whole lot of sense to me 
when you see it played out, when you see it work on the grid, when you mm-hmm. see it work with it, especially within a party, there's certain characters who yeah. who alone don't function, and and that is maybe one of the reasons why you wouldn't want to play them because they feel too weak. They don't feel like they do enough damage. They don't feel like they they do enough things, and then. As soon as you let them loose in a party where they get a, get to move a little, get a little bit of room to breathe, they start to really blossom. You see how they play off of those other yeah. dynamics. Yeah. Um, I, I think we have enough interplay mechanics, and I think while you can build optimized parties, there's a lot of suboptimal parties that are really fun or really explosive mm-hmm. or just really dirt. Like, you could just play with a super durable, very safe one. Yeah. And still have a lot of fun. That's The, the reason I brought this up isn't to... Well, because, like... The fact that I'm relieved that our system doesn't work that way is not it's not something where I, I feel like I want to you know we should be patting ourselves on the back or anything yet, but I, I do want that to be in the back of our minds. The thing that you and I both did was made sure that specific roles were covered, mm-hmm. and that's an important thing that maybe not all players know that there's, yeah. that there's some kind of obligation to fulfill some kind of role, or the the makeup of your group kind of makes that role redundant. If that yeah. makes sense, like like I said, if you if you have three champions and one person with command, you don't need a tank. You know, you, <laughs> you, no. you don't need one at all. But I, I feel like establishing what those roles are is is a complicated mess. Healer, just somebody. Healer is literally just somebody who can heal. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you could literally be add anything else you want to it, but just somebody who can heal. And, Ta- and you kind of only need one of the core healing abilities. Yep. That we give, and then. If you're smart enough and you play it off well enough, you're good. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think our margins are tight enough where in, even when you build an optimized group and you and you look at the numbers, you look at the damage, you look at the healing, because everything's so tight, it's a lot tighter than, than other D20 systems mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I think the, the, the margin of explosion is different where in, you know, in Pathfinder, the difference between the top three tank builds and then the next four can be massive. Yeah, that's very true. In in a way that I don't think could exist. Where you where the the top 2 or 3 tank builds that we could build now, you could build five other ones that are just a little worse but still interesting and in particular parties would actually be better. Agreed. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay. I think we both want to talk about flame orbs and how yes. they can be improved. So I had a, I had a few ideas, but I understand you're you're the one playing a fire character. Yeah. I want to hear what you think. Before that, I think we we need to set the groundwork. Sure. Which is ideally what are they supposed to do? What or or more importantly, what do they actually do right now? They do damage. Mhm. They act as a melee deterrent and they illuminate outside of combat 
darkened areas or even inside of combat they illuminate darkened yeah. as, as mm-hmm. a general utility sure yeah one of those is the best in that it's i think it does what the other step three kind of utility pieces do right um that has to stay but the damage no oh no, the, no, the no, melee no. deterrent no the the lighting darkened areas is, is its real u- i think that's what its real utility is okay um the fact that you don't have to worry about carrying torches with you or something mm-hmm. whereas uh like um like the advantage of ice being able to create weapons its real utility is almost story-wise where if you get if your party gets disarmed you kind of don't have to care that much or if you need to block a door you can just make a you thing. can just make a thing to, yeah. to 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 brace it or to or to or to do it I, I think it as an illumination source should be the thing that it feels like it does the most. So the problem is, is that that's not as big of a boon as being able to make an object of any shape and size that you want. True. Because that person with ice can buy a torch. Yeah. And the person with fire can't buy an anything maker. <laughs> True. Know, if that makes sense. But then I, I think then then we pick one of the other things. I would choose defensive. Mm-hmm. But it, the, I think the real problem with it right now is is it does three things. One of them it does too slow to feel necessary, but that's the thing because that's the thing the class already just mostly does. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to lean on it for, and it doesn't feel like it actually supports that. And then the other two things, you're waiting for an opportunity for it to arrive. I have a few suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think damage is something they can still do. My biggest problem in looking back on it and reflecting it is that it feels completely separate from what fire does. And it's, slow. Yeah. Which feels not fiery. So I, I had a couple ideas on how to improve them and to make the use of them more fun and give you more to do mm-hmm. as, as as fire without overcomplicating it, hopefully. I was thinking, right now it's set so you can create one per round. Mm-hmm. What if it's just create as many as, as you have swift actions for? Mm-hmm. I'll do my... Uh, my My bar- attack. My attack, create two fire orbs. And they can move on the same turn you create them. Okay. Also, they can all occupy the same space. All right. Like, you can you can have them all in one space because it just is a bigger orb, but it's actually made of three. They're, like, whirling around each other, however, mm-hmm. however you want to picture it. I like the idea that they just get bigger. It's cleaner. Yeah, but then they could split. Yeah. You know? It's an amorphous ditto blob of fire. Right. But because you can create so many more, I was thinking maybe they just have to be an attack. Here's, here's why it makes sense for them to be an attack. Let's say I fill a doorway with them because mm-hmm. I don't want an enemy to escape through it. An enemy can dive through that doorway in a way to try to avoid them. Yeah. And you're not just sitting there having them be stationary while he's doing that. You're going to try to tag him with them. Mm-hmm. But I think if we do that, instead of it being just the dice, I think it's an attack where it does a low dice amount and you add your composure just like you would any other fire attack. Perfect. Is that reasonable? Uh, how fast do they move, though? <laughs> I think, okay, if you're... It, you can create three in a round and they can move on the same turn? Yes. Right. I think three spaces. That's that's the biggest thing. I know. That's the stickler for me. Mm-hmm. And you can have as many as as many as you have composure to support. Yeah. So, I mean, you can easily get to six. You could, your, as your character, within the next couple of months, get to six composure. Yes. <laughs> and you could, in two turns, create six orbs. Yes. And really... Then the question is, would you do that over casting any of your spells it depends on the situation that's the thing if you if you don't have line of sight on somebody and you're waiting for them to come around a corner boom, 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 like you're just gonna you're, you're gonna gear up fully i would rather have one moving six to ten spaces a turn mm-hmm. and being flexible than having a slow ponder like 
that's that's the thing that feels that feels so ponderous compared to your own character even sure and it's even a situation where if it if it's supposed to follow you around the fact that you can outpace it okay well what if it is is so odd to me what if they move your move speed but in combat you have to spend your move action to move them you can move any or all of them but if you want to move one of them or all of them you spend your move action that's good as long as they can, yeah, because you could still do a situation where it doesn't feel like if you're making multiple that you're just dragging mines. Right. Like you can, you, if you are moving around and not in combat, we just say like you can always start with one of them. Yeah. Like that's, summon. That's, combat begins, you create three more. That's that's not nothing. No. Now you can't attack with them that turn. They don't move that turn. No. Unlike Because you have to spend your move action. Right. Unlike that, but you can just be like boom, 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 boom. Okay, now all of them at once, go get them. That's a fun thing yeah and we could have it start so right now it's step three it's a uh, class one damage and then you you are step by that you're two so it moves up maybe it should start as d4 but you, you add your composure and it's not an automatic hit you get your you have to make it attack yeah and you can attack if, if somebody moves through it you're attacking as an immediate reaction i do want to add a caveat then with sure. it i don't want it to gain bonuses from leaping flame or hand casting because i don't think it hits that hmm it doesn't seem like it functions in that that way yeah i don't know because i could imagine i mean in my head picturing it right mm-hmm. imagine you've got a wand out and you're like directing the orbs <laughs> you know it, it, it kind of makes sense why you, it takes your move action if you're concentrating on doing that but i don't because it's not an attack action because it's not oh, i see what you're saying because it's it's it takes an attack action to do it I, I don't think it should gain staff, wand, or hand bonuses, or the, the the attack casting bonuses that you get from items or abilities, I don't think should apply to them. Hmm. Which I know is compl- like a little more complicated than we like to do literally everything in their system. I don't... I don't know, and here's the reason, is because I'm trying to think of how, how much more powerful it makes them, and it's not that much. I would say the best functionality of that would be staff. I don't know. It, I, it's definitely staff. <laughs> well, maybe. Or wand. I mean, if you've got 12 of them, a few of them are going to crit, you know? Yeah, but it's a situation where, where because of how armor works, with low, low possible max damage, mm-hmm. the percentage of those hits with even decent rolls that will just not count is sure. pretty high. Sure. So staff is the, the really the way to go. But if, I, you, if, if you fight anyone with four armor... Staff makes more, the most sense immediately. But isn't that isn't that what we want people to think? Like, yes. Isn't that how we want them to play it, though? Yes. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't agree that that'll be an issue. I, I think the things that would make it an issue are the things we haven't thought of yet. I, I think that, that the idea that somebody with a staff would be, their orbs would be more powerful doesn't really bother me. Because they're only more powerful against armored creatures, which there are several, obviously. Yeah. But... Does that beat the damage bonus of somebody with a wand getting crits, or the chance, or the higher chance of hitting that somebody with hands is getting? I, I don't like chance to hit is usually going to be more damage most of the time because of our separation with armor and when you're working with low margins. I don't think it works out that way. If your two hit plus three spaces on your D four have a chance of counting zero and not counting as a hit. Mm-hmm staff overtakes it where even if it does that it at least is going to do two i i agree but we 
I, I, this whole argument is moot if we leave up one of Orbs' other abilities that we haven't mentioned yet. What's that? When they land at the same time mm-hmm. as any other fire attack, you add their damage together before determining armor. Okay. Because that, they currently do that. You you can just count them towards the total mm-hmm. for the purpose of that. And in that case, it changes. So if you have... That changes that... Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, you still... There's still a benefit from having a staff, but it's not the multiplicative benefit. You almost might want to stagger them with a staff, depending. Stagger? If you... Oh no! Because then you're you're always making more rolls to hit, so you wouldn't want to do that. Well, you're, no, you're still so in in the current suggestion. Mm-hmm. We're still making every roll to hit. Okay, but, but if they multiple hit, you just roll damage once. No, um, if they multiple hit, you roll all the damage of all the orbs and and any attack you did right yeah. then, and that you add that damage together and then present it as one attack. Community. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. good. Okay. In fact, that's a fun way to. That's a fun way for fire to not negate but get over that hump of armor mm-hmm. that uh that the the at will has a tough time doing at the moment yeah and it's and it's interesting because we could easily say ice has a similar problem except that ice doesn't do a lot of aoe damage and ice does better single target damage and, and every time ice does everything even if it does no damage it, it does something yeah there's a control element to ice that fire doesn't really have that a lot of times you're not even trying to do the damage. No. That's just a bonus. No, if you just slow slow people up, clump them up, mm-hmm. and line them up for other people to tear them down. If you're a good self aware player, you're like, ooh, that was. Yeah. I, I know none of the none of the numbers pinged up above the enemy's head, but the fact that they're all stuck there right now is yeah. pretty good. You just made your fire player very happy, <laughs> very incredibly happy. <laughs> Uh, or radiance, for that matter. Or yeah, radiance, or yeah, anything champion, depending on on how they're built. Yep. Okay, I just want to go back over the changes we made to to orbs, or just even shadow. It, shadow of death's real good too. It is good. I always forget about it, and then we do it I'm like fuck. Shadow of death's great. Uh, I just want to go over the changes we we just made to orbs, so that we have a clear picture of what they do now in our minds. It's a D four plus composure damage. Mm-hmm. You can create one per swift action you can spend. Only a maximum number of them can be on the board as meets your composure. Score. Meets or one plus? Meets. Okay. Because if th- you have zero composure as a firecaster, you're already fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you should be rewarded for increasing your composure as a living bomb. Yeah. And it also makes sense that intellect is not the thing that allows you to keep these things sustained. It's keeping your composure. Yeah. Being, able, being able to juggle is not about how smart you are. No. Or even how quick your hands are. It's nothing. It, it's about people think it's dexterity. Planning it's not, it out. Yeah. It, it's about keeping your cool and not panicking that you've got all these things juggling in the air. You can create one for every swift action you wish to spend mm-hmm. up to a maximum amount equal to your composure. You can spend your move action to move as many of them as you want. Your speed... They can occupy the same space. They can occupy the same space. Does that mean that allies can... Okay, sorry, let me, I'm skipping ahead. If an enemy enters their space mm-hmm. or they enter an enemy's space, you can make an attack roll with them against the enemy. And if it hits, it deals a die four plus your composure. If they land at the same time as any other attack that you have done in that instance... Turn, yeah. We'll say in that instance because an enemy can or run not, through. Yeah, not combat round, but turn. Yes, and it has to be you. You can add all the damage together before before calculating armor. Mm-hmm. Here's my next question. Because you have to make an attack roll, can you choose not to attack your allies with them? Can your... I think a bigger question is, I think your allies can be able to occupy the same space as well. I, okay, you know what? I'm going to disagree. Okay. I'm going to say that it's treated 
when it comes to allies, because you're not choosing to attack them and you're just trying to maintain them, you're not choosing to do damage, it counts as beginning your turn in a fire. Ooh, okay, yeah. Right, so like if they just stand in the fire, they're just going to keep taking fire yeah. damage and it's going to go can, up. They can move through because it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, they, they can like scoot around it. But if an enemy is trying to scoot around it, you're gonna you're just going to nudge it. No. Them. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going to nudge it at them. Okay. Yeah, I think that that kind, yeah. that kind of dramatically increases the the power of fire orbs, but also justifies the micromanagement up to the level that you wish to participate in. Yeah, well, and it wasn't. It wasn't even. It was part of it was the micromanagement, but the mic. It was the micromanagement and the speed because it felt like if they were moving three spaces a turn and you're sitting at roughly the distance you want to sit for all of your other mm-hmm. attacks, you're going to be juggling three for a medium benefit and the thing that you really would want to do then maybe is to have them sit and block areas off mm-hmm. but that can be dicey depending on your yeah your party configuration where like i almost feel like if you have you don't have enough melee fighters like you only have one or maybe even zero mm-hmm. you're putting them out there just to be like to St- corral stay away from things, me to yeah. corral things now i actually but with a lot of them it just feels like you're putting shit in people's way i have i have an alter- i have an alternate suggestion feel free to shoot it down but maybe the move is instead of spending your move action to move them your speed, what if they can move three spaces on your turn or you can make an attack action with them to move them 10 and attack somebody with with all of them at once? I think you can even do six. I think ten, 10 is a lot. I think 10 is a lot. I think then they're... Well, 10 is what you... Yes. For I other stuff. I don't need them to be that lasery Because then if it's 10, then you can just always use it. But you have to. Well, that's an that's an attack action. Yeah. So you could be like, I'm create. I'm not going to move. So I'm going to create two orbs on my turn and do an attack. Fine. And I've got four composure. Next turn, I create two more and I do another attack. Turn three. Now I'm just going to spend an attack and attack with four orbs. Hmm. Now I'd still pick. I'd still pick the because the idea that you're going to have four composure by the time you get them is low. I think. I think people who are thinking pure caster, four composure is easy to create a character there. Yeah. But then you have to sacrifice because fire is a essentially strength. Yeah. Well, they're a three stat class. Right. Dedicating four composure is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, especially if because then what you're sacrificing is usually going to be strength and not intelligence. Because two hit is always always going to be the thing. And then if you don't get your strength bonus to the other one, then you're you're dedicated orbs at that point. Like orbs overtake. Yeah. Um. Like you know what though. That kind of sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, but then then you're the only the only issue I have with that is then you have at least two situations where you feel real suboptimal. True. Where if all you have is burning lance and you have four composure and two intelligence, you're gonna feel bad a lot. Well, keep in mind you, you're step three, so you've already gotten fire core, mm-hmm. fire step two, yes, and fire step one, of which you've got flaming pillar, pyroclasm, yes. rogue star, and fire blast. Yes. So it's you got a bag of tricks by then, but yeah. But, I, but if you if, but if you incentivize if you incentivize a composure build to make that work. Then what you're doing is is you're what you're really doing is you're making orbs less effective, honestly, because you're not going to build them that way. Because even even as good as as four or five orbs at once, mm-hmm. you're still going to pick a five percent chance better to hit with Rogue Star. Yeah, and you really gotta because missing with Rogue Star sucks sucks so fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> or or more importantly, because you still have to attack with a swing with these. Mm-hmm. Building up 
four over two turns, making a big swing, and whiffing with that is such an investment of but, turn. But you're you're less likely to whiff because you're making four attack rolls. Oh, do each if one hits, they all hit? No, no, no. I'm no. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying you're making four attack rolls. Uh huh. So you spend your attack, all of them move 10, yes. and they all are going to try to their attack, if that makes sense. So you're less likely to whiff, but the damage ceiling is, well, the damage floor is, ve- is very high. Very high. That's, <laughs> that's, that's really that's the benefit. The good, that's the good yeah. bit. This is obviously a very complicated, the final version of this is not going to feel complicated to the user, but, but making sure that it's simple is complicated. Yes. <laughs> so getting rid of the bits that don't need to be there, the language that doesn't need to be there is, yeah. is going to be the hard part. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly think if you well, create, well, well, here's the thing. I really think, I really think the answer in this is to you can make multiple orbs. You can do it with a swift action. You can trade in whatever actions to get the swift action. Mm-hmm. When you make an attack, if they're still surrounding you, you can attach one and only one to your attack to do an extra D four. I, you know, I, I feel like that's that sounds simpler, but I think it. I think it's nerfs and over and, and changes the complexity of this i i think i have i think i i want to remove my previous suggestion of making an attack roll because i now realize turn one burning lance mm-hmm. create two orbs turn two burning lance create two orbs now remember i said you're going to spend your move action to move them yeah you're going to double move and that's 12 Ooh, right that's on you i mean you if you want to do that, that yeah that's fine i feel like that's you you're now attacking with four orbs oh sorry you're gonna you're gonna create a fifth if you if you get five composure, yeah, fifth orb, and then you can double move to a total of twelve, and they're going to make up to five attacks, and then all the damage gets calculated at once. And if you 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 gain your intelligence bonus to hit, oh yeah, just treat it just like an attack because you're directing them the so same way let, you're directing um, an yeah, attack. Yeah, let's say because uh, the the goal the goal of rough basic. What would an what an average character should have to hit? Mm. They should be hitting around sixty to seventy five percent of the time. That's yeah. our that's our target. That's goal. our target. Yeah. So so they're missing one to two times out of that. Yeah, that's a pretty good hit. Yeah, that's a pretty good hit. Especially if you if you're if you are being the patient person and being like, okay, I'm spending my move action. Mm-hmm. I can move each of them six on my turn. So I'm going to create two on my first turn, do an attack, or like one on my first turn, do an attack, move that one mm-hmm. six spaces. Same thing for the second one, same thing for the third one. And I can I can move them all kind of like surround this guy. And then on my final turn, I'm doing my daily. And then they're all coming in at the same time and yeah. hitting them. And then adding all that to the damage before armor is calculated. There's also something that I love about them moving six. Because probably as a fire mage, you move six. Yeah. So you don't have to think of another scale. I think it just, it moves your speed. Yeah. If your speed's reduced by armor... By, by I, armor? I, Ooh, I like that. I, I, I feel, just say, you move your speed, whatever your speed is. If you're wearing because armor, it's they move the slower. Way. Exactly. It's harder to direct them. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Because that feels like it's adding adding the emitted... While they're still mechanical complications, because they are the same mechanical complications, mm-hmm. it feels a lot easier to just say, affects, you, affects these the same way. Yeah. And it disadvantages armor, which, frankly, we want fire to have a disadvantage from armor. Yes. That's... Because if you can figure a way around... If you could be an armored fire mage mm-hmm. and deal halfway decent damage... You could pull off some bullshit. I also like the idea that fire gets a disproportionate... Because they, they're focused on fire, they have a disproportionate bonus to dodge. Mm. They, they're just... They're harder to hit, which makes sense. They're a little flowier. They're a little dancier. Like like a flame in the yeah. wind. Yeah. <laughs> 
I like that. That's I think that's I think that's the answer. All right, cool. I think we got it. I think that's all the time we have for today. This this I feel good about this one. Yeah. Yeah. We had a we had a good meta game conversation. Mm-hmm. A good internal game conversation. Mm-hmm. And we had a good pure mechanics conversation. I think this is a good one. All right. Awesome. Well, hey everybody, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, reach out to us. We are at Homebrew Ombres on Twitter and we'd love to hear from you. So thank you and good night. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If the game we're making sounds interesting to you, check us out at patreon.com slash RPGFS. $1 patrons get access to the cutting room floor, where all of the off-topic comedy that was cut out of episodes is curated for your enjoyment. $2 patrons get the updated character sheets that they can use to make their own characters in our system. $5 patrons get access to every rulebook we release as we update them. $10 patrons get to create custom NPCs for use in our actual play podcast, Layliners. Also, if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Every review helps. If you want to reach out to us with your gameplay ideas, please comment on our Patreon or tag us on Twitter. We are at Homebrew Ombres. Thank you all again, and until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.